Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Range on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Ralph Irvin, and today we are talking to a man who I consider a friend. Why? Well, because as long as I've been talking about golf equipment, he's been there to show me the latest. Talk about innovation, the game of golf, and sometimes just life in general. And as my platforms have grown, so has his role with one of the game's biggest brands. With that said, it is truly a sincere privilege to welcome TaylorMade Golf's Vice President of Global Product. That's Brian Basil, and he's here on the range. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, Ralph. I'm going to start with you the way I start with everyone here on the range. When did golf enter into your life? Well, uh, that takes me way back to about age 11. Uh, Like many of us in the industry, I think we started at an early age and and fell in love with the game. Uh, You know, I played every sport uh, known to man up to that point. Um, Didn't know about golf. And um, my stepdad came in into my life and he was a scratch golfer. And so all of a sudden, you know, I hit my first shot uh, at, a, at a driving range, an old driving range down in Bonita, which is uh, south part of San Diego. And um, soon after that, I, I fell in love with, with the game. And, and in my, uh, my teen years, I don't think there was a day that went by that I didn't hit a golf ball or get on the golf course or join a group of random people and, and just um, really relished in, in, in what is this amazing game you know, whether it was, you know, playing around the neighborhood, hitting wiffle balls uh, at trees or whatever it took, uh, I wanted to be part of it. And so that, that started my journey. Were you playing competitively or was this just for fun? No, I started playing competitively. I played uh, in junior golf uh, in San Diego. There was uh, a great array of, of golf tournaments, San Diego Junior Golf, great supporter of, of juniors. Uh, North County, San Diego also had a lot of tournaments and I played in as many as I possibly could. I mean, there was, you know, I was playing alongside uh, people that became a lot better than I did. Uh, You know, guys like uh, Pat Perez and uh, Bill Lundy, for those who know know Bill and, and, um, and others. And I just, uh, you know, kept it going. I I played in high school and played in college and, and even played a little bit on the mini tours as an amateur. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed competing. You played golf at college at UC San Diego, and it wasn't really long after that that you started working at TaylorMade Golf, was it? No, uh, that uh, I started at TaylorMade, boy, uh, just over twenty years ago now. So yes, it's uh, it's been quite the career. Um, you know, after college, well, during college, I, I got my first golf job. I, I worked at uh, the Farms, which is in Rancho Santa Fe in San Diego, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I picked the range. I I worked in the bag room. I, I caddied. Um, I did uh, everything, you know, that I, that I could and got uh, really familiar with uh, that aspect of, of the sport. And, and um, you know, I worked hard at an early age too, Ralph. I think that's something that uh, 
you know, people who know me probably realize that. I mean, I started working at 13 as a dishwasher and, and kept working, having jobs. And uh, even in that job, when I started, I, I, I raised enough money to buy my first set of irons, which were tailor-made irons, tour preferred. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, I, uh, at, at the farms, I really grew up um, as it relates to, you know, employment in golf. And I caddied for a lot of, you know, famous uh, people, people who, you know, enjoy the game. But uh, one stood out for me, um, uh, Richard Helmstetter, who, who you all uh, pretty, you know, all know here, I'm sure on, on the show, um, you know, with Callaway was, you know, the brainchild amongst uh, others on their equipment. And, and uh, anyway, he just stopped me one day and said, hey, you, I think you'd be good at this. You'd be good at, uh, you know, putting your passion for golf and, and uh, you know, perhaps getting into the equipment space. And so the light bulb went off. That was one of those moments that I re reflect on and say that uh, changed my, my, my life. You go to TaylorMade. What was your first role there in the company? So I just wanted to get my foot in the door. Honestly, I was, I was willing to take out the trash, so to speak. I, mm -hmm. uh, I did have my degree in electrical engineering um, and I had my passion for the game of golf. And so um, I just knew if I could get in, I would be fine. I'll navigate my way through it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, Ralph. I, I started in research um, and, and I used some of that degree as it relates to high-speed motion capture mm -hmm. with what became the MAT system. And I spent uh, many of my uh, years, the first call it five years around uh, understanding golfers at a degree uh, that I never could have imagined, trying to understand what they did with their golf swing and how a golf club could pair up with that swing. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just, it, you know, I worked alongside Pete Roberts, who I played college golf with as well. My office was at what is now the kingdom. And so you, you take a break and you go out and wouldn't smoke a cigarette, but I'd, I'd hit a few balls. It was a pretty good spot to, to, to start my career at TaylorMade. You mentioned the Matt system and thinking back, I mean, we're talking about the early mid two thousands that this was out there. It was way ahead of its time. And I mean, even still it would deliver a great custom fitting now because it was able to do so much, especially for the technology that was available back then. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I still think back and look back at those times and even that system today. Um, and, you know, Gears has a, an equivalent of that today. And the, the technology has, has, has advanced, but it's taken a while. Um, and, in you know, spending, you know, uh, a lot of days and years uh, looking at how we can improve that so that somebody could just come off the streets, uh, take a swing, quantify it real time, overlay that with, a tour player swing, and then get some analytics out of that, that could uh, lead itself to perhaps better equipment. There are so many aspects of the MAT system that really um, are today still hugely useful. I mean, I, I was still competing in golf, even when I was working at TaylorMade and, you know, I could jump on that system, take a couple swings, overlay it when, when I was swinging well and, um, and, and, and continue to compete at a pretty high level. And then the equipment side of it, you know, we worked tirelessly to, to try to have golfers fall in love with their products and then feed that information uh, and the information of that product back into the system so we could get smarter as we went. It, it was really fun, really cool. Could you have imagined the capabilities of custom fitting that we have now back then? Yes and no. And I say that because um, when I started out, one of the things I realized really quickly was that 
custom fitting um, was the way of the future and still is to this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of the opportunity to improve performance for golfers of all levels, uh, it still remains, you know, uh, an area where there's still opportunity to grow. And, and I think I realized that at, 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 again, at an early age in my career, which set me uh, up to, to have a pathway where I could, could grow and I can attach myself to something that, that wasn't going away. And uh, the math system, and even to this day, I think about players' golf swings into the degree that we studied them back then. We still don't understand them to, to the level that we will 20 years from now. It, mm -hmm. uh, there's, each player's swing is a signature and trying to marry up you know, uh, specs of a, of a golf club to that signature is a unique um, challenge and opportunity. In doing the range, and I mean, this is now over 30 episodes in, I've talked to a lot of people that were at TaylorMade over the years. Mm -hmm. And you really had, during its period in, in that first decade of, of the 2000s, an all-star team there developing clubs. It was an environment where it had to be kind of a battle of getting your ideas out there and being able to prove them and then turn them around into product. Ralph, you know, it's interesting. I, I look at your podcast and I, I see the, the guests that you've had on mm -hmm. and it's a walk down memory lane. <laughs> you know, a lot of great old friends and, and people that I've worked with, uh, you know, you've had Tom Osafsky on, Sean Toulon, Jose Miraflor, even on the, on, the, on the shoe side, Mason Dennison. I mean, you know, Mike Ferris, these are, these are all good friends of mine that, um, you know, super talented and, and, um, you know, we had a talented team back then. We've got to have a talented team now. It's what TaylorMade breeds. It's a great mm -hmm. environment. It's a, an opportunity to, to innovate and share your ideas. I think one of the interesting things that TaylorMade is that I don't think there's um, an area within the business that people aren't willing to listen to what you have to say or, what, or the idea that you want to bring forward. Um, ideas can come from anywhere. And uh, I always kind of say, it, you know, it's the it's these little data points all around and it's the collection of all these ideas that ultimately end up with something that you might create or uh, produce. You talk about all the talent there. So this is kind of an inside thing, but I've been curious about it. In 2005, you're in a golf club design shop. I mean, you're, you're, you're designing golf clubs, you're working on technology, all this. And then you go under the Adidas umbrella and suddenly you've got clothing designers and shoe designers coming in the building. Mm -hmm. That must've been a weird shakeup for you guys that kept you on your toes. Well, yeah, it was, it was there uh, alongside us for, for, for a bit there. Um, and it was, you know, somewhat separate to be honest, but uh, you know, some of those people, you know, remained on TaylorMade and switched over and others went over to the Yachty side, but uh, we were fully, you know, decked out in gear, you know, with Audi <laughs> gear uh, for many years at TaylorMade. And it was, it was nice. I mean, I didn't have to buy a, a piece of clothing for a while there, but um, we were, you know, we had a nice system going. The R7 changed the game in my view. Movable weight technology to me is right up there with Gary Adams' original introduction of a metal wood. From a design perspective, was it seen in the same light from, from you working inside? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, it, it's on, on, you know, we can look back at sort of the, the Mount Rushmore of technologies that TaylorMade and that sits up there with the best there's, you know, whether it's a, 
you know, the original metal wood or the R7 with movable weight, the loft sleeve, R11, there's, you know, burner irons. You know, there's, there's a lot of incredible uh, breakthroughs, TP5 golf ball. Um, but R7 was, was definitely special. For me, I was in research prior to that. And what I was doing was looking at, again, high-speed motion capture of uh, weight being moved around on a head and seeing how golfers reacted. We knew, um, you know, uh, what should happen, but we wanted to understand at a deeper level. And so whether it was moving lead tape around and then which ultimately came this very cool and unique weight system that went into the R7 driver and ultimately we launched it and I'll never forget it um, to the media with, uh, with a robot, you know, at the other end of the range uh, down at what is the grand today and moving that weight around and, and having that robot fly golf balls towards the media and landing left and right and, and up and down. And you would, you would see the effects of that weight real time. It was incredible. And it really did change an industry uh, at that moment. You did have a big role in the advancement of Select Fit, which was essentially one of the first interchangeable and thus customizable shaft systems that are now commonplace. I did. Uh, you know, I, I had an opportunity. I was really managing custom at that point. I, that was my kind of foray into what is now product creation and taking the mat system uh, around the world and then also creating the first sort of interchangeable shaft system, you know, along with others. But I, I, um, I knew that that was a huge opportunity to fit golfers at, at a different level. And we, we did it with irons and then ultimately sold it with metalwoods. And it was one of those moments that I think back in my career as well, that when I sat with, uh, you know, the two lawns and all Saskies of the world at the time, and, and we really tried to decide where we were going to go with, with, um, with, with fitting and interchangeability. Um, it was one of those times where I realized, wow, I have a voice at this table. I really have something to share here and some value. And, 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 and whether it was from my golfing background or my research background and those things coming together, but uh, these guys were willing to, to listen to what I had to say and, and can contribute. And um, boy, again, game changer when it comes to equipment. There's not a driver that's sold today, really, that doesn't have some sort of system that has interchangeability like that select fit system. And it really took us tailor-made as, from a fitting, you know, just kind of middle of the road fitting company to perceived as really the best fitting company at that moment with the right tools. Um, it was, it was a cutting edge time. And then launch monitors came and all sorts of other things, but was that the point where you really went from being a researcher to a creator? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, custom is, again, it's a complicated beast. There's a lot of avenues and aspects of it at that moment, interchangeability and the ability to take a few heads and a few shafts and really have so many combinations for golfers. That was um, what a great time to be there. And the shafts aftermarket shafts and the selection was, was really high. In addition to that, you know, starting to promote the idea of the kingdom experience or, um, you know, at the time we had tailor-made performance labs and there was, um, you know, a lot more opportunity for golfers to go get dialed in. Around that time, I would, if I was talking clubs, I'd either be talking to you or I'd be talking to Dr. Benoit Vincent. And every time I spoke with him, he seemed so joyful, like he was showing off his new children. You, this was the technological gains with each new thing. Is, is Was that the kind of the feeling that permeated there was that every single iteration was something you really had something to show? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, the, the passion for equipment and this game, I mean, that's almost in the DNA of all the, the employees at TaylorMade, whether it was an engineer, or Dr. Benny, uh, you know, or, or, or Sean, you know, there was, um, and Mark King at, back then as well. I mean, there was just a lot of um, really uh, emotive and passionate um, people that were, you know, dedicated to making TaylorMade great and making those products great. You mentioned the launch with the R7 and, and displaying its capabilities. I think too, and I tell this story a lot, so if my audience has heard it, bear with me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think about the launch in 2008, because I was there in Orlando when it launched. I was at the Carlsbad Media event when it launched. That was the tour van in a box, and the media was outraged. How could you do such a thing? This is blasphemy. You're breaking the rules of golf. Do you recall those launches in the vitriol and just shaking your head like, why are they so upset? We're trying to make the game more fun for people. I don't know. I mean, for me, I think I it was it was more positive, or maybe I had earmuffs on to the, those who were the naysayers, um, because it was fresh and new and innovative, and and um, again, the opportunities seemed endless and what you could do, and and um, you know, this game is really difficult. We all know that. And though I'd like to be able to solve every bit with, with a golf club or a fitting, I know I can't, uh, but getting closer to that and, and, and allowing people to enjoy or play better is, is such a fun part of this job. And, and that sort of tour truck in a box experience was a start to something completely new. And, and um, you know, I couldn't see anything bad about it at the time, to be honest. Let's take a trip through development. Um, because for many in our audience, they would think that the prior model that you introduced serves as the template or the starting point for your next club. Mm -hmm. If you're not thinking about the overlapping journeys that these clubs take, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you're thinking about something that's entirely different than what the previous model was. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes you have to break the mold um, and go off. And, and we tried mules and so to speak of that, that really um, are outside the box uh, ideas or thoughts or technologies. And, um, but for the most part, Ralph, I think for the most part, it's additive as we go forward. I mean, you think about these breakthrough technologies that we've had, whether it's movable weight or adjustable loft sleeve or uh, speed pockets and rocket balls and, and, and then subsequently in irons, um, you know, th they are, you know, revolutionary at the time and then you add to them and, and you, you ultimately want something to continue to to hold value if that technology went away that means it probably didn't mean a whole lot and so um i think you know taylor made for the we definitely highlight what's new about a product we want people to understand what's new and what sets it apart and makes it better than the year previous and um that doesn't mean a lot of times that those other things go away you know, the, whether it's, you know, twist face still in our drivers today will continue to be in our drivers because it just makes the golf club better. Is it the highlighted feature? No, not necessarily, but it does work better. One thing that I think of is inverted cone technology, which yep. made its way through so many different iterations, club after club after club from woods to irons. It, it kept showing up because it's technology that worked. Yeah. I mean, people maybe stop talking about it, but it absolutely is a key to, to spreading that speed around the face. And, and is still, 
it's not the exact same form it was originally in the 300 series, but it's still in our drivers to this day and it still works at a high level. Now we've optimized it and every driver gets optimized a little bit better, uh, but those key technologies are something we do try to build off of. There are times, again, that we, we kind of leapfrog or have these kind of revolutionary you know, breakthroughs, but other times it can be a little bit more incremental and, and you're adding to what you've already, you know, you've already had in the previous product. Mentioned R7, you mentioned the burner irons, you mentioned the rocket ball metal woods. I mean, these were all groundbreaking technology leaps. When you're in the creation process, mm-hmm. what's the reaction like when the data starts coming in and you start seeing, oh my God, Gosh, look at the jumps that we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're grinding. We're grinding for every bit, you know. And, you know, I, li- I love to say that there's a, you know, the 17-yard moment like rocket balls every time, but that's just simply not the case, you know. Uh, and it, it won't be the case under the, the, the USGA rules. But when moments like that do happen, it's, you know, you're, you're like this bottled up energy that you can't wait to explode and tell that story. Um and it, and it comes in different forms these days. And I, and I, again, I referenced sort of the twist face example because I remember the data as we looked at it from a research perspective and sitting there and, and seeing all the thousands of shots and, and seeing that, you know, in different quadrants of the face that the, the ball wasn't coming back to center the way it's supposed to. And for me as a product creator, which kind of blends the, the R&D and the, and, the, and, the, and sort of the marketing, the storytelling side of it and technology side, it was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is huge. This is a, it's a, a huge opportunity to, to help golfers play better golf, but also from a technology and a storytelling standpoint, man, if we can get this right, this is a big deal. And, and I think those are the behind the scenes moments that ugh, make this job so incredibly fun to do. You'd been with the company for a while. You'd been there, done that, seen the sites, worked with pros, everything. 2016, you get a call to go meet with Tiger. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, hey, I'm a I'm a fan of the game, fan of uh, of Tiger and what he's he's done. You know, I've uh, grew up sort of we're very similar in age, uh, a year apart, um, and so man, I was elated to to actually the next piece of my journey in, in product is to to, to meet with the goat, you know, and, and see where this goes. Obviously he was legendary as it relates to product as well. And, and that was, um, you know, kicking off a a new opportunity with, with an incredible golfer. You know, there, there was video of some of the first things when you were first showing them the drivers Mm -hmm. and you're just looking cool, but I imagine inside you're just bouncing around a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, how can you not be a fan? Of course, you, you try to put it aside and I've been able to work with some incredible players, you know, in my career. And, and you know, you, you do kind of put it aside and, you, and you've got a job to do. And that's the, the most important thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all antennas were up for me, listening to every word that he had to say and, and where he wanted to go with product. And, and um, so, yes, I was kind of giddy inside, but do try to keep it cool on the outside. A lot of people have interviewed you over the years talking about new product, but nowadays you might be most visible in tailor-made marketing pieces when you're with the pros. And I wonder how much fun are those shoots that really seem like legitimate product introductions mm-hmm. where you're showing your tour staff the newest and latest? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, boy, when I was studying electrical engineering at, at UCSD, I didn't think I'd be doing this. Um, but I will say this, you know, one of the fun things about these uh, situations where I have the opportunity to kind of present the work of so many people in front of these great players. And, and now we, we kind of set it up to where we, we just want the cameras to roll. You know, we have kind of an idea of how we want to introduce the products and, and, um, but otherwise just capture it all and it'll be usable. I'm sure, hopefully. And sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, Ralph. Uh, but uh, you guys don't see all this, all the stuff that isn't. Um, but <clears throat> nonetheless, you know, it, it's nerve-wracking a bit. Again, you get one moment. You know, it's like uh, first impressions are everything. And so, I, of course, we work with the players and we dial in the product. But for them to, you know, it's like Christmas morning every time they get to see it. You know, like golf fans, and and they don't know what's coming next. I mean, of course, we've ask them for feedback on, on products previous. And, and we try to implement the things that they say, but at the end of the day, you know, they're not telling us to inject a face to, to get it up to the legal limit. They're not saying go put twist face in a driver or reconstruct it in a completely different way. I mean, that's mm -hmm. not their job. Their job is to go out there and play golf and perform at the highest level. And so it's uh, our job. And I am the, you know, at times the, the person to be able to tell it, is to uh, surprise and delight them with what we can do to advance performance. I, I often tell them, you know, just like you're grinding, grinding away to win more golf tournaments, we're grinding away to give you an extra yard or hit another fairway. And, and so their eyes are wide every time I come. They're always, you know, have the most interesting questions. And, um, and honestly, I just try not to fumble over my words and just be able to deliver and then let them go, let them talk about, it. let them experience it. We, we let them, you know, nowadays more than ever kind of go out like a golf consumer. And once we tell them a little bit of the story, they just go out, pick it up. Um, of course, we built it as close to their specs as possible. And then, and they, um, they get to experience it and we get to see it as, uh, as consumers and, and, you know, as, as just golf fanatics. The latest has you basically handing them piece by piece mm -hmm. of the new Sim 2 driver. How did they react to that? Well, you get a mixed bag. You know, you get the inquisitive, uh, like, what am I doing here? Is this, you know, my building putting a Lego set together? Or, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, there, there's just this level of curiosity. And, of course, we had some new people in there like Tommy Fleetwood, who was, it was fun um, to see him and his inquisitive mind. And Matt Wolf, who you know, is, is just, you know, he's, gosh, you know, he's, he's got so much energy and he's just this young superstar and, and Colin, who's very, very intricate and has a million questions. Um, and of course, Tiger and DJ and DJ has been doing this, you know, over and over again, he's actually really savvy when it comes to seeing and hearing about the new tailor-made products. It's like, um, you know, old hat, he's, he's almost, showing some of the other guys how to, uh, how, how to navigate what we're talking about and, and, and correlate that to what they're going to see on the driving range. And, and so in this particular case, it was so fun because a lot of times players don't get to see how a product is put together and how it's made or even the inside of it. Right. And the construction of that new SIM 2 driver is designed in such a way that we took each one of those components separately and optimized it and used different materials and different processes and, and they could literally snap it all together. And I'm just right there, front row seat to, to witness them fumble over it or, or actually get it on the first try. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. 
Now, we see that publicly, but in your current role as vice president, how much do you get to interact with the players, with the individual designers? How much do you get to interact with the whole process of creation? Well, fortunately, we have, you know, an incredibly talented sports marketing team, um, you know, led by Keith Sabarbro and, and um, you know, th- these guys are with them week in, week out. And, and so I get to see them periodically. I get a, a chance to, to bounce a few ideas off of them, but um, it's, it's really intended times um, on, on new or future products, whereas, you know, Keith and team are, are, are really just dialing them in again, week on, week out. So, my times are um, are measured and they're and they're appropriate. And I know these guys look forward to it, and I do as well. How did the events of 2020 change the club making process for you guys at TaylorMade? Well, I would say yes. I mean, inevitably, uh, to some degree, yes. Uh, what I'm incredibly proud of is how innovative we've been able to be during this pandemic. I mean, it's it's something that I think you know, uh, void of the pandemic is what is in the DNA of TaylorMade is to be innovative and, and to think outside the box and be and be able to adapt to change. And in this particular case, I mean, it became uh, more challenging to look at parts. It became more challenging to test parts. I mean, at, at, at one point we're, you know, uh, testing and you could do some tests sort of in your backyard on launch monitors. And, and that was fun because I got to partake in some of that. Uh, but but inevitably, we we still kind of plowed through. We were looking at um, all different kind of scenarios of of what could happen, and and I think we've made some smart decisions, and and ultimately, um, you know, are lined up for 2021 to have a, another great year, and and then even years to come. I think we we've been able to adapt. The virtual environment has been interesting, but um, uh, but otherwise, you know, testing is still proceeded. And great new products and new technologies are going to come. I have to imagine that it also is a test of your entire infrastructure in implementation of creation that it's like, okay, we really push it to the limit, but it was able to deliver. It has. I mean, uh, one of the things, you know, and you, you mentioned it earlier on the podcast is seeing those benefits, seeing the, you know, looking at the um, you know measurements of the results of those tests, you know, whether speed picks up a little bit, like we've seen in SIM2 and, and um sweet spot spots have gotten larger, even in, in the SIM2 irons. And it's just, um, it's a testament of the team and, and the dedication and, and um, just the, the, the hard work and passion we have for uh, competing in the golf equipment space, because everybody makes, you know, honestly, great products. The top, top tier equipment companies make really good products. And we want to be the best of the best. We want to deliver the best performance. And to do that, you have to go maybe that one step further. And even in this situation, you know, whether it's on Teams calls or Zoom calls and, um, you know, everybody's stepping up big time. We always wrap up our talks on the range by asking to go back into your career of product creation, launches and successes. Yep. So tell me. What are some of your favorite club designs over the years? And you can't say the current stuff. That's too easy. Yep. But something that when you think of it, it really touches you inside. Well, okay. So I've had an opportunity to work on lots of different product categories. And you know this, we've talked Mm -hmm. about a lot of them. Um, We talked about the mat system earlier, which to me was a product and still is a place in my heart. But burner irons, I know was one of those moments for me when I was in charge of uh, the creation of irons that was really special because it, uh, it, it catapulted our iron business in a different way. And we put, you know, the, the speed and performance in an iron 
that uh, people hadn't seen, unless the only one we had prior to this was CG, CGB irons, which you know cost an arm and a leg to buy. Um, but we were able to do it in a, uh, in a core price point package. And that to me stood out as a, as a moment, uh, an incredible moment. I think I learned so much in that one. Um, one example of that is sometimes, you know, golfers, they, they don't say what they actually want. What I mean is if you ask them in the irons, you know, what do you, what's most important distance, forgiveness, accuracy, all of those things, distance was really far down the list, mm-hmm. but we knew how people were reacting to CGB irons and, and they would, you know, even though they shouldn't be buying them because they don't have the money, they were going to buy them anyway. And so I really uh, learned a, a valuable lesson in that, you know, to be able to connect these different dots to understand consumers at, at a deeper level than they maybe even understand themselves. And I think that the burner irons was an example of recreating a, a set of irons that delivered on that. Um, you know, I can go on and on. There was a lot of products, if I look back, um, that really were memorable. Um, uh, the XFT wedge. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a product that it, that holds a place in my heart that uh, didn't do great in the market. We talked about few, it. Yeah, one of the few products that that the tour players of that year said, "Hey, this is the most innovative product you've come out with out of all the products this year. This is the most," and they loved it. It's one of the few products that had huge success on tour, but didn't really resonate commercially. Maybe it was ahead of its time, but. And I could go back, I would think, you know, there's some things that I'd like to do differently in that wedge, but at the end of the day, it was really, really cool. Um, you know, M3, M4, twist phase, that moment when you talked about getting with players and, and uh, that, that is my most memorable one. I think sitting in a round table with Jason Day and Justin Rose and, and uh, you know, and, and Rory. And these, it was mm-hmm. just some incredible moments where, where light bulbs went off with them. So anyway, I can go on and on, Ralph. There's there's so many uh, great ones to to reflect on, but I'll, I'll stop there. Brian, we could go on and on for a long time because I could just listen and listen. Uh, but you're one of the first handful of people that I wanted on this show when it, I first conceived it. And uh, as I say, I could just keep asking questions, but I know you can't just sit there and keep talking about it. This time is is of the essence. So I'll just say thank you for joining us here on the range. Ralph, I always enjoy talking to you. We've been doing it for many, many years. So thanks for having me on the show. That was TaylorMade Golf's Vice President of Global Product, Brian Basil, joining us here on the range. I've been able to see his role grow over the years, and it's just great to speak with someone so passionate about the game and how we play it. Golf is his life, and his goal is to help you play better. That's it. It's that simple. This week would have been the 2021 PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando, Florida. But sadly, it is entirely virtual this year due to COVID-19. But we have plenty of interviews lined up to get the latest information to you about new releases in clubs, apparel, footwear, accessories, balls, everything that has anything to do with golf. And as the spring progresses and these products come to market, we will get the information to you via the Golf Spotlight. So go to thegolfspotlight.com and subscribe to our YouTube feed. Then turn on your notifications because when the new products start coming out, they will be coming out fast. To stay up to date on the range, follow us on Instagram at thegolfspotlight. We're also on Twitter at golfspotlight. And of course, we welcome your comments everywhere. 
You've listened this far, so subscribe to The Range on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or iHeart. We have new shows dropping every Wednesday. That'll do it for this episode of The Range, so let's hit the course and enjoy it because there is a lot of joy and love that went into each of our golf clubs, and that passion is just waiting to be unleashed. And we'll talk to you next time, right here on The Range. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.